Well, hello, everyone. My name is J.B. Hickson with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message from my studio beneath the sky nestled in the tall timbers of Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us. It is Wednesday, August the 23rd, 2023, and that means it's time for our weekly world events update with Randy, and I can't wait to hear what he has to say. I imagine he's going to give us a little bit of an update on any new developments out of Maui and always... Uh, any new developments on other world events and political happenings and uh, so forth. So we can't wait to talk to Randy. I know it'll be a, uh, a great uh, show today. Before I bring Randy on, just a couple of uh, quick announcements. Again, this is midway through the week, so that means we've already had a couple of podcasts for you to check out. Monday was our seventh edition of Dr. Hickson Answers Your Questions. That was another 90-minute show of chock full of a variety of questions, biblical, theological, and otherwise. So check that one out when you get a chance. Uh, last night was Prophecy Night, and we talked about the imminency of the rapture and really uh, nailed that doctrine down and proved unequivocally uh, that the Bible teaches imminency, and also went through a survey of church history going all the way back to the first and second centuries, uh, and then marching all the way through the medieval times into the Reformation era, and showed that the doctrine of the rapture and a belief in imminency and a belief in a two-phased return of Christ are all taught throughout church history, completely shattering the myth that uh, opponents of the rapture continually repeat to their own embarrassment, frankly, uh, in which they say the rapture was a new development that came about in the 1800s and all of that. So anyway, very, very uh, interesting uh, prophecy night last night. Then, of course, we had a Q&A at the end with some great questions. So check that out when you get a chance. And then the Friday this week, I've got uh, Nathan Jones back on for part three of the Mighty Angels of Revelation. And then we also dropped a couple of more of our audio-only portion of the interview, the video interview that we did with Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. Uh, and so the, one of those was yesterday, and the other one is going to be part four. Those were done in July, and it was a video. We don't have access to the video. You, you need to go to drtenpenny.com, and I encourage you to do so, and you can become an insider on her program, and that way you'll get access not only to my four-part interview on Spirit of the Antichrist, but all the other guests that she has on, and she's just a great resource. Uh, but we did think it would be interesting to at least let you hear the audio portion of that dialogue. So each part is one hour. Last week, we replayed uh, parts one and two, and this week we are replaying parts three and four. Part three was yesterday, part four will be tomorrow. So check that out. Well, I want to give a proverb for the day before we bring Randy on. It is, of course, the 23rd, as I said. That means we're looking at Proverbs 23, and verses 17 and 18 caught my eye this morning. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all the day. For surely there is a hereafter, and your hope will not be cut off. That phrase in Hebrew, a hereafter, is literally a latter end. But I love what that says here. We should fear the Lord and not be obsessed or worried about all of the wicked sinners out there, because we know God has a future plan. There is a hereafter, and our hope will not be cut off. The hope of sinners will be. These wicked schemes of the Luciferians and their accomplices will come to nothing eventually. Christ is going to come back and usher in the one world uh, kingdom of peace, righteousness, and justice. And so 
it's just an encouragement there that uh, the reason we fear the Lord, which was mean, which means to take Him into account in everything we do, to to be consciously aware of Him, to think about Him, to study His Word, to make our relationship with the Lord central to everything we do, and the reason for that is that uh, we have a hope that can never be cut off, and so we want to keep looking forward. And uh, I think it's appropriate that we're reminded of that before we start our world events update, because these are all focused on the here and the now, and they may make you want to scream when you hear about all the stuff that's that's going on. It can be discouraging. Nevertheless, it is useful and beneficial to know the enemy and to know what he's planning and to see how things are coming together to set the stage for the fulfillment of prophecy. So, uh, Randy, welcome back to the program. Thanks so much for uh, for joining us, and I uh, can't wait to hear what you have to say today. Well, good morning, and good morning to the audience. Um, as usual, the world's getting more bizarre and a lot more interesting, and I think that's going to continue until we're gone from here. And hopefully the good Lord comes back soon, because I got to tell you what, this stuff makes me lay awake at night. <laughs> anyway, so a couple of housekeeping things before we really get started. I have gotten so many inquiries as to ivermectin. Now, ivermectin is basically sold for animal use only. It is still not okay for human use, but I find that a lot of the places around Colorado, at least, like Big R and Tractor Supply, carry this stuff. Uh, you do not need a prescription to get it. It's on the shelf. You can go in and take as much as you want. Now, I want to caution everybody. There are no directions uh, for administration for human use. And at 11.15 this morning, I'm going to be speaking to a doctor on it, and I'm going to find out more about it because his um, his group will prescribe ivermectin, and I want to know what the dosage is. I want to know all about it because, um, you know, when it's sold for parasites and people are going to use it for COVID, that, that worries me a little bit. That is definitely off-script use, and um, I want to make sure that nobody gets in gets himself in trouble. So for the people that I have your email, I will send that out to you right away. For the people on the podcast, I will make sure to update everybody in a week. Now, we are getting from numerous sources that another COVID variant is about ready to hit the United States. I believe the name of this one is Eris, uh, E-R-I-S, and supposedly it is in Great Britain right now, and it should be in the state sometime around the 1st of September. Now, everybody's already starting to panic, and I'm still the same mindset as I was when the other variants were here. I still don't believe it's much of anything, probably not worse than the flu, but we have to understand they could be adding stuff to it. This could be a completely different strain. And so what they're doing, a lot of the colleges are already requiring that their students wear masks. They want them to social distance. They're going to do the contact tracing again. They're going to find out where you've been, who you've been with, and they're going to do the symptom monitoring. Now, it's not just the colleges. The government is also uh, getting ready to implement this with their employees. And I'm sure a lot of the companies, the woke companies especially, are going to be <clears throat> getting <clears throat> excuse me, everything in line shortly. 
So know that the variant is coming. Um, they do have a vaccine for that, of course, uh, but I wouldn't get too excited about taking a vaccine or doing anything using ivermectin or anything until we get some more information. Um, I have a feeling this one could be the real deal because it may be mixed with something else, but we won't know for probably a good two weeks, four weeks, whatever, um, exactly what kind of dangers it poses. So everybody just kind of maintain and I'll get a, as much information as I can from the doctor this morning. He's supposedly very well acquainted with it. And then we will all be on the same page and hopefully do this safely if you're yeah. going to use this stuff. Yeah. And there's there are some great resources out there by some of the uh, the frontline doctors. And I know Dr. Sherry Tenpenny and Lee Merritt and some of those that have you know resources on their website about the dosage. I had it somewhere. Uh, we had uh, ivermectin back during the pandemic and would take it prophylactically. Uh, but it'll be good to, to hear from you. And for those who, uh, I don't want to flood you with emails, but for those who do want to contact you, um, <laughs> should we give out your email again or you have, you have sure, cut sure, half that off? <laughs> All right. So you can reach Randy at rmensa57 at aol.com. Again, that's rmensa, M-E-N-S-A, 57 at aol.com. Yeah. And feel free to uh, contact me. And I will get back with you as soon as I can. Sometimes it's a day or two, depending on what I'm doing. But I will give you whatever information I have. But I want to say one thing. I have never used this stuff. I don't know anything about this stuff. So if you're really dead set on using it, getting it, whatever, be careful and reach out to somebody that knows more about it. Because... It may be a, a godsend and something very useful for COVID and other things, but I want to make everybody understand I am not an authority on this whatsoever. Now, another thing that's come up since our podcast last week, people have a lot of questions on fuel storage. So I'm going to make this very simple because I don't want anybody blowing themselves up or causing problems. So if you're going to store LP gas or gasoline or diesel, you do not put it in your garage attached to your house because what will happen if that stuff ignites, uh, it creates a definite hazard for the people in the house. Now, if you want to put five gallons of gas in a properly sealed container in your garage, fine. But the best way to store this stuff is outside in a completely different building, well-ventilated, and with no open ignition source and no electrical running to it, if you can handle that. Now, contact your local authorities because they will tell you how much is allowed. I think the maximum allowance for gasoline storage in a building, a small building, is 25 gallon. And that is in the approved canisters, never glass. They could be metal. They can be the plastic or whatever they, is, they are. It should be sealed and it should be make sure it's well ventilated and it does not get real hot. Um, I mean, you can look this stuff up on the um, Internet if you want to, if you have different questions. But contacting your local authorities is the best way to do it because they'll know what the city 
or county regulations are. And uh, make sure you're careful with it because a gallon of gasoline is very explosive and can cause a lot more damage than you could possibly even imagine. Mm -hmm. So again, just be careful with it. You know, prepping for these things that are about to come, these different uh, threats, it's great to do it, but you've got to be safe and you've got to be careful. Otherwise, you're going to end up with some um, problems. I don't want anybody to get hurt because there's no reason that that should ever happen. All right. Yeah, I remember back during the uh, Rita Hurricane Rita evacuation, which it bet down from Houston, Texas, which was all over the news because it was just a absolute nightmare of just clogged freeways and arteries and roads. And there were several examples of people dying on the road as a result of just the evacuation. So, you know, it's one thing to prepare and to be, you know, wise and to think ahead and follow the biblical admonition you know, of Proverbs 22, 3. But as Randy said, do it wisely. Yeah, we don't um, we don't need grief on top of grief. That's for sure. All right, moving right along, we talked about Hawaii uh, quite a bit last week. Uh, not a lot of new developments. A lot of them, a lot of the same stuff. We still have eight hundred people missing. Um, the range of the dead ranged from 115 to 480. I don't know who was right, but, you know, we had talked about lasers, uh, direct energy weapons. We had talked about overhead power lines, etc. Now, there is no cause of origin yet from anybody that's credible. The thing is, yeah, we're going to have to wait to see what comes out. But remember, for this fire to move as fast as it did from south to north, when the wind is blowing west to east, is unusual. Secondly, the water was shut off. The hydrants were dry. The overhead power lines, there's a couple of videos that show them actually sparking, but we don't know if that's where the fire occurred. We do know that there was no 911 service. We know the communications were out beforehand, still out in many areas. We know that um, there was almost no warning, and this is just not a usual type of fire. Um, I looked further into the ships in the harbor that were actually ignited and burnt, and I, I, I have to be honest, this, in all of my years of experience, this is one of the strangest fires I've ever seen. Now, I and some friends had talked a few months ago about the fires in Canada that are basically just out of control. And they had mentioned at that time, what do you think about direct energy weapons or lasers? And I'm going, well, I hadn't looked into it a lot then. But in the amount of areas that ignited simultaneously, you have to wonder if there was a cause of ignition somewhat like that in Hawaii. Now, the purpose of that happening in Canada, the only thing I can think of is it would have been an experiment, and they wanted to see how it worked, if it worked, and if it was efficient. Now, I've noticed there are a lot of other fires in many different places. Washington, uh, we have them in different places in the United States. Colorado now has fires. Greece has fires. I mean, they are all over, and a lot of that can be attributed to dry conditions, heat, etc., but it seems very strange that this late in the season, we're having so many fires. Now, there is 
conversation going on among the people in Colorado that they believe the driest conditions will be occurring sometime in the next two to four weeks. And they believe that the fire season for us will actually start then. With a wet spring, there's a lot of foliage and underbrush that's not normally there. And if that dries out and it's ignited by whatever cause, um, the fires could get huge because of all the winds and the different conditions here. That, um, that applies to any state with mountains or forests. So understand this may not be over yet. It's just hard to tell. Yeah, and, and I want to chime in here. <clears throat> I think a lot of our listeners are very well aware of the government's long history of weather warfare. Uh, it goes back to the Vietnam War and even before. Uh, I, I have a, a cite in one of my books, a quote by LBJ when he was vice president in 1961. He was giving the commencement address at his alma mater in uh, San Marcos, Texas. Uh, used to be called Southwest Tex Texas University. I think it's now Texas State University. But anyway, he mentioned very clearly, you can find this on the internet, and I've got the citation in my book, uh, that you know he who controls the weather controls the world. And uh, there are all kinds of documentation in my chapter in Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 1, about geoengineering, about how they've been using weather and experimenting with it, not just fires, but floods and hurricanes and even uh, earthquakes and uh, all kinds of things as a weapon of war. And this is this goes back, you know, 100 years uh, in terms of the desire of the military as it has begotten, you know, gotten more technical uh, to to use that type of weaponry, and that's a part of why we have the space force and some of these other things. So, if you if you're listening to this and you're thinking that you know all of these incredible what they call weather whiplash and just uh, un unbelievable uh, record setting you know temperatures and all that, if you think it's just global warming. <laughs> Uh, you know, you, you need to think again. This is all not organic. It is very much engineered. Some of it, as Randy said, is experimental. They're just like a mad scientist mixing potions, trying to you know see what they can come up with. But a lot of it has uh, multi-layered intentions, all of them evil, uh, behind it. And sometimes we don't know what the ultimate agenda is until many years after the fact. But just be aware that there are some really bad people out there that are not afraid to do really bad things. Yeah, well, that's that's for sure. And I think there's a lot more than what we even anticipate. You know, when you look at the fires and you look at everything else, we know that the United States has HARP. We know that Russia has a system just like that called Woodpecker. And we know that the Chinese have the same thing. Um, I don't know what the name of theirs is, but if they're all messing around with the atmosphere and the weather, I think this year we're going to see some things we haven't seen before. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, Chi the Chinese have a weather modification office right there in plain sight. You just Google it, look it up at and the government of China. They have a weather modification office. It was all over the news back when they hosted the Winter Olympics. And people were worried about, you know, reporters were asking them, you know, aren't you worried that you're not going to have enough snow here or too much there? And they said, no, no, we got it. We've got a weather modification office that handles this. Uh, but I cite that in the book, too. And I actually checked it out at the time I was researching. And, yeah, it's right there in plain sight. Well, you know, the thing is, we know they're messing around. They they admit it backhandedly that they've been working with the weather. And when you look at California having forest fires, an earthquake, and a tropical storm, which is the third storm in its history, 
you have to wonder just exactly what is going on. These are not normal occurrences. And I think this summer um, we're going to see some hurricanes that are unbelievable because of the temperature of the ocean around Florida. Now, there's one in the Gulf that's pretty much dissipated, I believe, but there's three or four coming off the coast of Africa that could be some very large storms. And if they hit around Florida and the temperature of the water is 95 to 100 degrees, uh, we could see hurricanes the size of which the country has never seen before. Mm -hmm. So it could be a very, very interesting time. Now, as I mentioned last week, the one thing that really bothers me about the Hawaii fire are the items that we mentioned before. But when Biden was asked about it initially, he said no comment. Now, the other day, while he was on Maui in this uh, area, uh, he's getting ready to leave, and a person offers him a bottle of water and says, would you like a sip of water? Biden looks at him, turns to his left, and walks away, never says a word. Now, we know the behavior of Biden is getting more bizarre all the time, from whether, whatever they're medicating him, his age, disease, whatever's going on, but for him to say no comment, act the way he did, and then get out of there as fast as he can, we know he's preoccupied. We know that there's something going on, and I find it really interesting that Biden leaves, and then he and his family are huddled in a um, very secure and um, secret, almost mansion, owned by Tom Steyer at Lake Tahoe. Now, I'm sure they're all feeling the heat of the investigations that are going on. I'm sure that they're worried about it. And um, I think something's going to probably come from it. But we have to also worry about which is a false flag, which is really something to worry about. And the way they're distracting everything away from Biden, you know, with the, the wars, with the economy and everything else, you have to believe there's a lot more there than what we even know at this time. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Biden, and, and by the way, I would think there are protocols in place. I would hope there are anyway from Secret Service that if a, you know, a person on the rope line offers the president something to drink, they don't take it because it could be poison. But but who knows? I mean, with Biden, there's all kinds of strange behavior. But speaking of Biden, uh, going back to something you said a moment ago, the, the Biden administration uh, I just saw this report today, has already begun buying COVID-19 equipment, hiring pandemic safety protocol enforcers. They seem to be preparing the way uh, for, you know, some major developments this fall with some type of COVID-like, uh, you know, pandemic. On, on August 14th, the Veterans Administration began a $3.3 million contract uh, with the company for advisory on, quote, adequate COVID-19 safety protocols. And then, you know, other, uh, you know, COVID news, uh, you know, we're now, and everybody knew this that that took the time to look into, but newly leaked documents are showing that doctors were pushed in the U.S. to, to, to push the COVID jab and financially rewarded for doing so. So, yeah, I think we're and in, you know, schools and also airports, certain airlines are now starting to require ma the useless masks again and things like that. So I tell you what, it's uh, they're slowly laying the groundwork for this, uh, I think, convergence of a, of a variety of different uh, events that are going to, uh, you know, cause problems for the, the general public. 
Definitely. I mean, <clears throat> if we look at what's going on, if you watch a, a YouTube channel called Monkey Works, basically he looks at all of the flights around the world in the United States, etc. There have been 16,000 aerial surveys of the United States. Now, I don't know what they're mapping, what they're looking at. I mean, one can only imagine. But if they've made 16,000 of them, you know that people are not interpreting the data. It's being interpreted by AI for whatever purpose. We know that they have their internment camps. We know that martial law and something like that is always a possibility. Um, you know, you look at the fuel prices, they're going up. Well, they're skyrocketing in some places. I mean, for the mid-grade to be 456, 457 where I live, that's ridiculous. Um, you look at the Panama Canal. There's no water to float the ships through, so all of the supplies are backing up. There's a couple hundred ships out in the water there. And we know, you know, it's going to have food, medications, everything else. Seattle is like that. Um, you have to wonder what's going on. I noted this morning that a big ammo train was robbed in Poland carrying United States ammunition. And I'm going, how does this happen? Did the masked men ride up on their horses and steal it from the train? I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you do this stuff? I, I don't understand. Um, but it happened. Um, you look at the economy. Uh, the banks are down. There's eight of them that are probably going to go belly up in the next 30 days. Um, insurance companies are taking a hit from all of the losses, all of the storms. So, you know, the economy is coming to a place where it is reaching critical mass. Hmm. You look at the covid I look at COVID probably being an excuse to lock us down, get control, and keep control. Today, South Korea, I believe, I don't know if it's happened yet, but they're going to take all 51 million people and put them in 17,000 different bunkers in 20 minutes in case they actually have an attack by North Korea. Now, if I was North Korea, that would make me nervous. Why are you doing that? Uh, why do you have a U.S. nuclear submarine parked right outside in your bay? Um, so tensions are high. People don't know what's going on, but it's leading to something, obviously. Yeah. Gold and silver are back up again today. Go ahead. No, I, I was just agreeing with you. So uh, so on that Chinese thing, though, I do have a question. So that's is that some kind of an exercise? I mean, how do they think they can actually accomplish something that grand? Well, that's a, it. You know, the South Koreans are different than we are. They actually have order in their lives. They follow directions and they want to see if they can actually get them to safety in case they are attacked. Oh, it was, it was South Koreans, not Chinese. South Korea, I, I right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I believe Seoul is 37 miles from the DMZ. And, you know, if they're attacked, they're going to have very, very little time. So they're practicing that. Um, Mr. Trump is turning himself in tomorrow for his arrest on his indictment. Uh, the BRICS nations. Well, now there, there is an interesting subject. We had the Russians saying they're going to come out with their gold-backed currency. They haven't done that. Putin is still in Russia. He's afraid he'll be arrested if he leaves. 
Xi Jinping from China was supposed to give the keynote address, but he didn't. He had his foreign minister do it. Now, all of this grandiose stuff was supposed to take place, but China and India and Brazil are having a little difference of opinion. They don't have a definite currency they want to use yet. So what they're going to do is they're going to cooperate among all of the BRICS nations. They're going to start using each other's currencies. They're going to go ahead and do the major trade in between those currencies. And they're starting the BRICS bank. They're trying to get that together. And there are 61 more countries that are interested in joining. Now, even though they don't have a currency yet, if they all start trading together rather than with us, that's going to risk a supply problem. That's going to raise prices. It's going to cause us all kinds of grief. So the dollar is not going to improve. And I believe that's why gold and silver is going up quite a bit as we speak. Um, you know, we'll learn more because the BRICS nations still have another day. And it'll be really interesting to see um, what their final outcome is. I don't know if they're going to vote on new nations or not, but let's face it. You have the big five that are already there. If they bring in, say, 40 of the 61 nations, that would be a large amount of the world economy. And that could cause the United States dollar a lot of problems. Yeah, so, they're, stage, they're getting setting the stage for something for sure. Uh, people know, I mean, even if these globalists are not in the the loop on what the Luciferians at the top of the t, uh, you know uh, conspiracy are planning, they can see the writing on the wall that hitching your wagon to the American dollar is is a, a basically suicide. So uh, I see a lot of you know chatter out there about uh, I was on Kitco yesterday, just you know looking at some of their stuff, and there's a lot of chatter out there about you know comp- countries uh, besides just BRICS trying to abandon the dollar. So, uh, yeah, the writing's on the wall or should be. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to go to a CBDC or like I've said before, possibly to them, the United States government nationalizing everything. We don't hear much about the United States CBDC right now. Uh, Fed now is in place and they're very tight lipped on what they're going to do. I know that they, they're they anticipating a major upheaval in the economy. Um, you know, when you have CDs paying 6%, your mortgage rates are supposedly going to be 8% by the end of the year. Um, millions of people are without a job. A lot of the places are lowering the wages, cutting hours, or laying people off. Now, with the economy where it's at right now, that is not going to be a good situation. Because when the supply shortages hit, when the layoffs and all of the uh, other turmoil in the labor market is in full swing, um, the United States is going to be in a position we probably haven't been in since the Great Depression. So I don't know how far or how fast it's going to go, but it's going quickly now. And the other countries seem to be trying to accelerate that as fast as they can. We look at our friends, the Russians. The Russians are moving steadily eastward every day. The Ukrainian counteroffensive um, dribbled and um, spun out 
in approximately 48 hours after they started it. What's, what's really interesting is somebody is really making good use of the drones because either from inside of Russia or outside of Russia, the other day they uh, attacked the airbase where the nuclear bombers are stored or sitting ready for use. One was destroyed, one was damaged pretty badly. Uh, Moscow is enjoying drone attacks daily and you've got to wonder how much more of this will Putin put up with. He's going to be catching a lot of heat at home. The election is next year. He wants to serve another term. So I have a feeling that um, <clears throat> he's going to unleash a lot more than what he has so far. Uh, he's still attacking Crimea, attacking Odessa, or not Crimea, but Odessa, due to the attack on Crimea by the Ukrainians. And ships that are in the Black Sea right now are definitely at risk. Um, they're getting ready to draft 500,000 more troops. And that pretty much tells me that Putin's going all the way to Poland. He's not stopped. So the Poles can probably wait a couple months, look across the border, and there will be the Russian army. Now, Lithuania and Latvia surround Kaliningrad. And there is a small route from basically Belarus to Kaliningrad. And the Lithuanians, the uh, Polish, and the Latvians are closing all of the border crossings there. Now, I don't know if they're trying to put the squeeze on Kaliningrad or cut it off. But since Kaliningrad is a part of the Soviet Union, if they actually close that off, uh, Putin will move decisively, he will move quickly, and uh, he'll use the missiles that are in Belarus and in Kaliningrad because um, he's not going to be starved out and he is not going to let his nuclear weapons that are stored there be threatened. So something's happening there. They're moving a lot of troops from Poland there. Um, I don't know if the United States and everybody else is in there. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, but things are heating up there quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, now, you almost get the sense that it's the calm before the storm. I mean, um, yes. prognosticators have been trying to make sense of what's going on in Russia, Ukraine since it started, uh, including us. You know, we're we're trying to just take a look at the you know events as they unfold and then speculate on how this could fit into both Bible prophecy and just the general, uh, you know, Luciferian conspiracy. Um, but it's it, people are all over the map in what they're saying, because, uh, frankly, the the behavior of uh, Putin and Zelensky and Prigozhin, it's all over the map. You just, it's its lies upon lies and agendas hidden within agendas. And so, but one thing that seems, uh, I think, clear and has been all along is that th this is the calm before a much bigger storm. Don't you agree with that? Yes, yes. Um, you know, when you're closing off the borders, you're attacking Russia. Uh, Putin has his troops fighting daily, uh, but he's held back. We all know that he could do a lot more, and I think he's going to probably do that very quickly because if he wants to be reelected and he doesn't want to be assassinated in office, he's going to have to do something. So when he's moving his tactical nukes around in Belarus and he has a lot of nuclear weapons in Kaliningrad, um, people should tread softly because he could be pushed to the point where he uses them. 
There's no doubt about that. I mean, Russia right now is not doing so well. The ruble has been devalued. Their famous trip to the moon ended up in a big fiery crash. They have nothing to show for that. And now Moscow and the homeland is being attacked. So I would look for something to happen quickly. Um, you know, when we say it's imminent, I, that probably is not the best word to use because I think it's more immediate than that, but I don't know. But I am sure that Putin's got a plan. He is instituting it because he, uh, Russia and the Iranians are now working very closely together. The Iranians are building manufacturing um, sites to supply Russia with weapons. And Russia ground troops and Iranian ground troops are now working together. They're holding exercises together. And like we've said many times, I don't think Ukraine was ever the goal. I think the Gog-Magog war coming up is. And now that Russia is marching steadily towards Poland and to a Western front, and now they're starting to bring their armies into exercises with Iran, I think it's getting to be pretty obvious everything is forming. Um, Turkey continues to go the way of the Russians. I mean, basically, the Turks will take any aid they can get, do anything they possibly can. But they're still sliding towards the Russian sphere of influence. Um, I think we're going to see that develop more quickly. I mean, anytime that Turkey says the Israeli state, Jewish state, must not exist, we know that they're really not a member of NATO anymore. They have pretty much made their decision, um, and they're going to be moving to do just that. The um, Russians have 750,000 to a million troops in the Ukraine in that area right now. And if they start drafting another 500,000, that pretty much tells you that they are not planning on quitting the offensive and the war anytime soon. Yeah. Um, People are being, American citizens are being told to be out of Russia, be out of Belarus. Well, that's kind of old news because they've already been warned. But evidently, we're expecting something a lot more drastic very, very shortly. So, that's okay. The stock market, basically, the oil companies and the insurance companies are down like I mentioned before, but they're they're taking a real hit. And I don't know how much more they can actually withstand uh, major hurricanes, more major fires. And they're going to be at a point that um, they're going to be companies going bankrupt. With eight more banks on the bubble, we know that that is not quitting. Um, with interest rates going up for mortgages, car rates, everything else, it's only a matter of time until our economy is to the place where, you know, you're not going to be able to afford anything. So it's all coming to bear. There's a lot going on this week. And I'm afraid that by the 1st of September, um, we're going to be in dire straits, to be honest. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, it is uh, it is interesting. I, I'm I'm kind of preoccupied right now with, you know, the book that's coming out and all that that's happening in our Not By Works conference ministry. Uh, we, of course, uh, leave uh, 
today to head to Dallas for the Hope for Our Times conference. And then right on the heels of that, we've got uh, Fort Collins and then Norman, Oklahoma and Dallas again and uh, or the Tyler area and then just one right after the other. So it in the back of my mind, Randy, as I'm thinking about this travel and the exciting stuff that's happening with the release of the new book, there's always this lurking uh, sense that you know, what if, you know, and, and by the way, there've been a couple other times throughout the recent uh, history, especially ever since Wendy and I woke up to the reality of this world and the Luciferian conspiracy, where I've had this sense of, uh, I wonder, I wonder if something's going to happen while we're traveling. And of course we always take precautions, but, but still, I, I feel that way again, I just have this sense that things are percolating. And whereas, you know, usually to, to hop in the car and and drive, you know, six, 800 miles one way and back for a four or five day trip. It's not that much of a you know deal, but I'm in the phase now where like we have been at other times, I just think every day matters, every day counts and, and what if. So I think people really do need to uh, think through their contingency plans, their bug out plans, all of the stuff that you and I talked about in our recent five part series on preparedness because uh, there, it's not so much any one thing that I feel like is about to pop, and I certainly don't have any inside scoop or you know inside track on some secret thing that's going to happen. But it's the the number of sectors that are reporting. You know the the natural disaster arena, the warfare arena, the pandemic arena, the EMP arena. The you know on and on and on, and it just seems like statistically something uh, is more likely to happen uh, than than we thought. And then you've got the whole election. You've got the Trump um, craziness. Uh, I just, I've said a couple of times recently, I think 2024, if we get there, uh, is going to be quite a show. Um, and I hope folks are are ready to to be to hunker down at home and just uh, sit back and watch. Uh, hopefully it doesn't come to more than that. Well, and, you know, speaking of the election, <clears throat> Mr. Ramzawami, or however he pronounces his name, pretty popular right now, coming to the forefront, understand that Mr. Soros gave him a large amount of money and that he believes that uh, no aid should be given to Israel. So before you vote for him, you might want to stop and think about those facts. Yeah, I mean, he's he's one of my favorite actors in this play. Remember, it's all a, it's all fake. It's a fake election, fake voting, you know, pretend voting. And it's a selection, not an election. But it is fun. It's good entertainment to kind of watch. And he's articulate. He he says some things that we like. Um, uh, but don't don't fall in to the trap of getting behind any of these puppets, because Again, until they get rid of the digital vote tabulation machines and go back to physical votes, uh, it's it's the it's the same problem that we have with the digital currency and the global digital ID. When everything's digital, you have absolutely no control. Uh, it's it's now you see it, now you don't. And so uh, right now, that's the way the voting has been done for several decades, and I've been calling it out for at least the last twenty years uh, that. You know, these your your vote is pretend because it's not physical. And any anybody with any computer skills can hack into a server somewhere and with a few keystrokes change the outcome of the election. And that's what we've seen happening. But uh, it is going to be good theater. 
And, you know, it's like a, a wrestling match yep. or something, you know, you, you pick your favorite or, you know, even <clears throat> professional sports now, not that wrestling isn't, but mainstream professional sports are all rigged, but it's good entertainment. You know, you sit back, you root for your team, you see how it goes. But, but the same people who recognize the dangers of digital currency, I still run into some of them that, that still kind of get all animated about, oh, you've got to vote. It's your civic duty. And as Christians, we have to get out there and vote and make a difference. Well, don't you see the hypocrisy of of that mindset? You understand that digital currency is fake and could is rigged. Uh, why don't you understand that digital voting is? Uh, and and again, if you think your vote counts, then great, you should vote. You absolutely, I believe, do have a moral duty to vote. If you're in a situation or a region where they're using paper ballots, or you just happen to really believe strongly that, there, that there's integrity to the voting system, then of course you have a duty to vote. But if uh, you have figured out or have reason to believe that it's all fake, then why in the world would you want to pretend to vote and make a fool of yourself? And why would you want to passionately argue that others should do the same thing? I, I just don't get it. But uh, yeah, that, that's that's what I mean about 2024. It's going to be a fascinating theater. Well, when you stop and think, Biden still thinks he wants to run. Now, he can't function. He can't walk. He can't hold the conversations and he sleeps through most of the meetings. I mean, are you going to vote for them? I mean, I see somebody like Michelle Obama coming in, wanting to run for president. On the Republican side, we've got the usual goofs. But, you know, it's it's going to be more theater then it's going to be anything. Yeah, I, I I might mention I've seen you know we've a lot of people have talked about Michelle Obama being an option. Uh, I've even heard uh, Barack Obama's name thrown around, but it, uh, it's usually been in sort of the the really fringe uh, alternative media and people that just you know love to to pick on Obama. He's an easy target. Uh, but I got to tell you, Randy, I've seen more and more news items. Uh, from even mainstream news sources that seem to be hinting at a Michelle Obama role in the upcoming uh, election. So that that's no longer just a you know a wild uh, dystopian dream. It, it seems like that it's getting some traction. I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me because uh, at this point it looks like Biden is still the guy, their puppet. But a lot can happen and most likely will between now and then of him just kind of going by the wayside one way or the other. And there are some pretty frightening candidates that if they chose to select them, remember, it's a selection, not an election, uh, that would tell me a lot. So that, that's what I'm watching for, you know, having been kind of a student of the, the Luciferian conspiracy for so long now, I... I don't always get it right. I got it wrong in 2016 is what I thought was happening then uh, at first, but I figured it out when the pandemic got rolled out. Uh, but I, I always like to watch and see kind of who they put forward. And that will tell me a lot about how close they feel they're getting to their end game. Right now, all systems point toward a 2025-ish, you know, give or take a year or two uh, end game for them ushering in the full spectrum new world order. Uh, so, if they put in a full-on Luciferian uh, in the White House uh, in 24, uh, that will that will kind of tell me that that's still the plan. 
if they put in another placeholder like we've had with Biden, that tells me they've still got some more work to do behind the scenes and they're not quite ready to pull the trigger. So, you know, we'll see. It's it's going to be uh, really fascinating to watch. But of course, through it all, we know the Lord holds the hearts of kings in his hand like rivers of water. He turns them wherever he wishes, the Bible says. Our hope is in the Lord, not man. Um, and uh, and I hope people uh, remember what we started the podcast today by saying uh, from Proverbs 23, 18, surely there is a hereafter and your hope uh, will not be cut off. And I'm not talking about the kind of hope and change that Obama brought for eight years. I'm talking about lasting hope, the blessed hope, the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the hope that the writer of Hebrews says, this hope we have as the anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. So, uh, Randy, any closing thoughts? Well, <clears throat> I didn't know if I wanted to mention that, this, but I'm going to. Intel shows that Russian sleeper cells in the United Kingdom were activated in the last 10 days, and also that sleeper cells of the Islamic and Chinese persuasion were activated in the United States. Now, what does that mean? I don't think anybody knows for sure, but when you look at the weapons that have disappeared from the Ukraine, you can imagine they are well-armed. You can imagine it will be coordinated. 9-11 comes up in a few weeks, and with everything else that's going on, um, watch your back, watch for anything that looks unusual, and don't be surprised by anything. Yeah, that's exactly right. And remember, the Luciferians absolutely love key dates. They are very much into symbolism and uh, especially satanic symbolism. And so they like to do things on key dates. And so anytime there's an important date coming up or anniversary of something such as 9-11, it's just a time to be a little extra vigilant. Uh, who knows what's going to uh what's going to happen. But Randy, thank you so much. Another great uh, summary of uh, the things that are happening out there for the rest of you. I want to remind you, uh, first of all, if you don't know the Lord, boy, today's the day. Don't put it off any longer. The Bible says in James that we're not promised tomorrow. Life is but a vapor, and uh, it's appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment. So the time to get your spiritual house in order is right now, and that's a simple matter of faith. The Bible says we're all sinners in need of a Savior. God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to the earth, who lived a perfect, holy, sinless life so that He could take the sins of the world upon His shoulders. He died on the cross to pay your personal penalty and mine and everyone else's, rose again the third day, defeating death, hell, and the grave. And as the victorious uh, one, He was able to offer then eternal life to anyone who will trust Him and Him alone for it. So salvation comes down to faith. Who are you trusting? Today's the day to put your trust in Jesus Christ. He loves you, and He died for you. Uh, so I hope you'll do that for the rest of us that already know the Lord. Continue to walk by faith, not by sight. Continue to hang on to the hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, pray for us as we travel. Pray for the book as it's uh, in the hands of the editors and heading heading out, uh, hopefully getting out within the next uh, three to four weeks. We'll, have, we'll start uh, selling it, uh, pre-selling for sure. Uh, and I'm excited about it, boy. It is just uh, the amount of research uh, that I that I am finding and, and doing. It's just it's going to be, I think, a helpful tool for me just as I continue to navigate uh, the rollout of the new world order. So uh, anyway, it's called Spirit of the False Prophet, Global, the Rise of the Global Technocracy, and um, just uh, pray for the f finishing touches of of that. 
Well, God bless you, everyone. Uh, don't forget, check out the conference website. Uh, the, we're, it's linked up at notbyworks.org, and you can live stream the uh, Hope for Our Times conference with Tom Hughes, myself, Andy Woods, Olivier Melnick, Alex Newman, and others. Uh, that's Friday and Saturday. Until then, have a great rest of the week, and we'll talk again soon.